1: Some more of your text at 780 about tracking your kids, maybe family members on their phone. Uh, this one says, I track my mom's phone. She's 60 and gets lost lots. I direct her back to the route. Um, I track my daughter. She's uh, at uh, university, and I'm worried about abductions. If I can't get a hold of her after a few hours, then I check the app. So, yeah. I'm 54, my wife tracks my phone all of the time. Okay, again, whatever works for your family. Whatever works for your family, but I think it's important to have a, a big conversation uh, about that. You just don't go you know, behind someone's back and start doing it. Um, more than one quarter of Canadian youth are caregivers, and, and that is... Something that a University of Alberta researcher says is limiting their ability to excel in school or in the workplace. Now, there were some surprising numbers, as you just heard, coming from that U of A study. Um, It could be um, teens who are providing care to someone living with an illness a disability or who is aging so that's about 600,000 teens nationwide and and there are concerns about the impact on on school and 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 going to work Lisa Adams is with Caregivers Alberta an organization for caregivers in the province and she is actually a, a former adolescent caregiver as well hi Lisa welcome to the show hi thanks for having me now first off did that number surprise you? It certainly surprised me. T- to be honest with you, it doesn't surprise me. I would actually
2: say the percentage is probably significantly higher. Really? Mm-hmm hmm it, it's who who identifies as being a caregiver when we do these sort of when the uh, research and stuff comes out so if somebody doesn't actually identify as being with a caregiver it definitely can skew that information
1: well I guess so maybe you have to realize in fact that you are one and you know if let's say if grandma comes to to live uh, at the house and all of a sudden you're starting maybe helping her doing with exercises after a broken hip or learning how to change something that in part is being a caregiver isn't it absolutely Mm, even though my dad might be there too yeah
2: absolutely and I can actually identify uh, with something like that my grandmother came to live with me um, when I was in grade five after my grandfather passed away and it wasn't until I started working at caregivers Alberta that I actually identified as being a young carer
1: really okay so when you go back to that to that time so grade five you're what ten years old or so I'm guessing Uh. Ten or eleven, yeah. Yeah, ten or eleven years of age. When you talk about, you know, the care that you were having to to give, or that kind of, you know, maybe fell into your into into a role in in your household. What what stuff did you end up having to do?
2: So I would spend a lot of time just sitting and hanging out with her, or if, you know, mom had to run to the store, my dad worked out of town, you know, my sister and I would hang out with her. And as I became a teenager and started to drive, I might take her shopping and, uh, you know, be responsible to make sure she got whatever she needed or look around or whatever that may be. Um, But that also affects me doing social things with my friends,
1: uh, maybe doing my homework, my own job yeah I wanted to ask you about that you looking back do you remember you know uh, from that time and, and the years that followed um, not being able to 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 go out with friends because you had to do something with grandma or you had to take care of grandma maybe having that added stress <laughs> For sure, you know I was really fortunate. I had a
2: sister too, so we could share some of those responsibilities. And my mom worked out of the house, which was phenomenal. Mm. But there, there was definitely times that we had to make sure that grandma was okay. You know, and not only that, it, it uh, definitely impacted my schoolwork as well as extracurricular activities. So I was, I played ball, and sometimes you know you might be late for games or you might be late for work or, or whatever that may look like too.
1: Yeah, I I think just uh, a lot of people think that adults are the caregivers and that's not necessarily the case at all not at all. No, no. And and care is not just medical attention. It is things like getting the groceries. It is, you know, maybe helping, you know, someone get showered or getting dried off or getting dressed. That's all a part of it, isn't it?
2: It is. And so is the emotional support, too. A lot of people don't understand that young caregivers, you know, 17% of young caregivers actually look after their or support their friends or neighbors. So that could be shoveling a driveway, doing somebody's lawn, Um, listening ear going through some difficulties at home.
1: Lisa Adams is with Caregivers Alberta. It is an organization for caregivers in the province. I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Now, first off, I didn't even know um, that there was an organization like this. And I suspect a lot of folks don't know. um, And it can offer a huge amount of support for those who need it.
2: Absolutely. We're there to actually provide one-on-one support we provide group support. We have a, uh, education information sessions twice a month, and we all and we have different programs specific as well. And we do it in a number of different ways. Actually, we do it on the phone, in person, online. So virtual is a big aspect of things. Because there's a lot of people who can't get out, so mm-hmm. having the opportunity to do a one-on-one session specifically uh, virtually through a Zoom conversation is beneficial. Or if you live in a rural community,
1: Lisa, what are some of the biggest challenges that you hear from uh, from caregivers? Finances. Finances. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and do you have any any uh, recommendations? Any any suggestions on that front? Uh, one of the things that I would
2: really encourage is actually um, we know that financial is, financial is such a big issue that we actually have two education sessions in January coming up with regards to that. Um, and one of them is regards to budgeting and credit and how that even though, you know, you may have less money coming in because you can't work because you have to take grandma per se to appointments or whatever that may look like um being able to come up with a way to hopefully save some money or be more efficient in your spending
1: I mean the fact of the matter is is I think this is going to be a, a growing uh, a growing issue a growing challenge given the fact that um we have an an aging population Our our um our um, uh, our, um uh, boomer generation is is getting uh is is getting older and you know there's going to be more and more people who are going to be taking on that role as caregiver especially if there's not uh facilities where um where where folks can go to especially if as you mentioned finances aren't there to put somebody in there the stress of it lisa that's what i thought you were going to say that was the number one thing was the stress level um when it comes to, to to, to handling and balancing and, and, and dealing with that stress. What are the recommendations on that front?
2: So one of the things that I definitely suggest to everybody is trying to find something that brings them joy for their own well-being. Because if you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of your care recipient.
1: Mm, mm -hmm. but that's easier said than done i mean most of us have stress levels um just every day not not you know let alone having a a caregiver role put on top of it
2: absolutely but it's identifying what brings you joy in a day so if i asked you what did you do yesterday that brought you joy
1: Mm. me yesterday i made christmas ornaments there you go
2: and that was something that you enjoyed. You didn't go outside of your home nope. possibly. And it was things that you may have had already. So it's finding things that you can do right in your own home. That might be a bath for some people. That might be reading a book. yeah. You know, it might be painting, it could be woodworking, it might be working in the garage, you know, so it it just depends on the person. But it's ultimately finding something that gives you a couple of minutes reprieve during the day that you can do no matter what.
1: Take a breather. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the website is caregiversalberta.ca. Lots of great information on there. Lisa Adams, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Take care now. So more and more. Young people uh, becoming caregivers at the house, maybe, you know, have a, a sick mom, maybe have a sick dad, maybe a sick grandparent. Um, didn't even think about it until this conversation, and uh, Lisa mentioned grandparents. I remember when my My grandmother um, she she fell and she broke her hip and she had a a really bad infection and we had to move her from southern Ontario she lived uh, down in a place called Lindsay and we we had to to move her up to Sault Ste. Marie and I worked evening so I would go to work at 3 o'clock in the afternoon work till midnight but it was my job um, because my parents my my dad my stepmom were both working it was my job in the mornings to get to the other side of town and take care of grandma it was uh making breakfast making her her toast and tea making sure that she did her rehab and you know and sometimes that that was hard now this for me was probably i was probably 21 22 years of age so i wasn't you know what was it 14 to uh to 18 i wasn't in that age range i was you know in my early twenties, but it was still it was stressful, and it was uh, it was a lot to juggle, and it, w- it was a challenge when it came to, you know, when Grandma didn't want to do her rehab and saying no, you have to do it, and she would get mad, and you know, I'm I'm her only grandchild or only granddaughter, um, and and my brothers, you know, away at university, and and it made our relationship tense at times because all of a sudden it was like I was the adult telling her what to do and it became frustrating for us. Now in the long run um, I I think it strengthened our relationship but it was really hard for those few months Um, and and if you're dealing with it at home you know what I'm talking about it's just added pressure uh, there's some added stress there and trying to find the balance can be really really tricky and again I think a lot of us are going to be facing it more and more as our parents get older. My parents are both in their 70s now. And uh, I, I start to, to wonder what would happen if something happened to one of my parents and, you know, they needed some care at home. I live a I live four-day drive away. I'm not there to do it. You know, thank God my brother is there to do it, but that's a lot of pressure on him and his family. Uh, are you dealing with this at home? If you are, would love to hear from you. You can get a hold of me at 47, no, not 470, 780-496-0063. We're talking about being caretakers at home, maybe of a, an aging parent, maybe of a grandparent could be a, a, a child. Don is on the phone this afternoon. Hey, Don, how are you? I'm doing good, and you? Good. What's on your mind? So our system, when
3: it comes to looking after elderly people, is it, mm. completely broken. Like in that transition phase where they're living in their home still or apartment and mm-hmm. they have to move into an older age, the waiting lists are too long. The, the care isn't there for them. I've assisted before, and I found the medical system doesn't help out that much either. But there is private people that you can get that don't charge a huge amount of money. Yes. So in some cases, if if, you know, when you're a little more well-off, if you don't have the time, uh, you can hire these people and they'll come in and clean and make sure that everything, they're getting to their doctor's appointments, their house is clean, they're getting food every day.
1: Don, it sounds like you know this firsthand. You've gone through it, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: It's uh, But uh, there's really... Of all the things that they're doing, like all these nurses and stuff, they're cutting back right now. Uh If they would uh, take them and put them into a program like that to help assist people, make older people make transition, because a lot of them are stubborn too, like they don't want to leave their home. That's right. And like you were saying, like, who are you to tell me what to do? Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. Well, that's it. And I I know that we have um, accessed uh, some of those services for some people in in our family, like that nurse next door. They come to your house, they do some cleaning, they do bath, bathing, whatever it is that you need, you can almost formulate uh, what it is. And it it worked really well. It it did. What's frustrating, though, is, as you said, trying to get someone into a facility or the cost in some cases of trying to get uh, someone into, you know, one of the the private health uh, old age homes
3: yeah and the, the the next problem is is why is the waiting list two years
1: mm. <laughs> well there's not enough room that's why there's not enough of them
3: well yeah, then why isn't there them. enough of them it's just it, it's, it's just like where's the money going like i don't know we have money to build glass towers that go up and down the side of a river valley we got you know 11 million dollars to build a four uh, Four-block bike lane that nobody wanted. Oh, except for the occasional cyclist. Excuse me, but uh, why can't we put more of this money into uh, those types of programs?
1: Well, anyway. that's a really good question, and it's just good And I fear it's just going to get worse, Don. I fear it's just going to get worse. Well, we're running into a population that's aging rather Absolutely, quickly. absolutely. So. Yeah, yeah. Don, thanks it's, for the call. Okay, have a great one. Yeah, Bye. yeah. Take it easy. Uh, Daryl's on the phone calling in. Hey, Daryl. Hey Colonel, how's it going? I'm good. What's going on?
3: Well, uh, I had an issue uh years ago um after the flood in Winnipeg. Yeah. Uh my grandfather uh passed away and a uh my grandmother being married fifty years after coming out to the war, right? And so what happened is uh nobody was around to look after Nana. Yeah. And the biggest thing is, is when I was there I took six months off leave without pay. Um mm. and found out there was a guy coming around trying to scam her with money
1: mm. yep. like a
3: pyramid scheme too, because of loneliness right yeah and so there's a lot of parameters you got to look at too um but never look at the monetary value uh look at the care that you can be given to that alternate spouse or whatever that mm-hmm. needs right
1: mm-hmm that's good advice daryl so, it is well it's it's experience right yeah yeah well you, you know what you've gone through it right and uh, for for those who've never gone through it before it can just be like a blast in the face it's a, how do I do this how do I keep up with it all it's uh it can be a lot a lot of hard work
3: well it's you gotta have a guard out for other like Vaughn is actually a, a decent outfit too for nursing right yeah
1: yeah Victorian order uh, nurses for sure but, uh, keep, keep up the good work thanks Daryl great to hear from you and Curtis out in Fort Saskatchewan calling hey Curtis hi how you doing i'm good what's on your mind
0: um i would pay alberta premium like how we used to pay health care or alberta health payments i'd rather put that into nursing homes and be happy about doing it as long as they promise to mm-hmm. uh to keep it there
1: mm-hmm yeah you know what i don't think you're alone on that one i don't think you're alone curtis
3: All right, Joel. Thank you very much,
1: Jay. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. It's uh, 2-326-CBG checks in, and, you know, you're an only child, right?
0: Yeah, the only child of uh, two parents that haven't been together for a long, long time. Mm. Yeah, so I'd only ever lived with uh, one of them. Okay. And then visited my dad, and my parents hadn't ever dated really in any substantial fashion. So thinking about this story really sort of turned the gears in my head where if anything were to have happened to either one of my parents, it would have just been me. Mm -hmm. I'm the only child. And uh, it's a lot of responsibility that fortunately for all parties involved never came, Mm -hmm. but the potential was there. And looking back, uh, my grandfather moved from Lethbridge to Victoria after my grandmother died and so uh, kept him company a lot. And, you know, he was well beyond retired at that point, but... Uh, my mom was, you know, like doing a lot of the cooking and things and he had the entire basement and it wasn't as if, you know, um, it was a situation where medicine needed to be, uh, given or administered in any capacity, but. Uh, very close families, and sometimes this stuff can happen unexpectedly. Absolutely.
1: And, well, and you think, too, as, you, as your parents get older, as your parents get older yeah. now, uh, and you're living here for the first time away from them...
0: That's the scary part as well. Like That's where my mind went to next, because I yeah. think when when, mo- w- when mom's not uh, as agile as she was, and she has those 17 steps to get yeah. upstairs, what am I going to do? I said, well, I'm, I'm living in Alberta now, <laughs> so that's not even a reality that I'm seeing oh. tick down, right? So I'm going to be home for Christmas, yeah. and then I'll be back home hopefully over the summer um but it's almost as if we're worlds apart right you see snapshots of someone's life and uh, hopefully it never comes to this you know obviously you hope that your loved ones will be around forever and in the same condition you remember them from forever yeah Uh, but but, you know father time is undefeated Mm. and so it's a scary thought it's a scary thought and all you can do is uh, try your best to be prepared